đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you and welcome to a big episode of team calmar radio everyone welcome to well, happy monday hope you guys are having a great day hope you guys are staying safe and of course it was supposed to be me today but somehow it got cancelled but you know what at least i did um my assignments finished off my assignments well at least for some for speech but for the assignments i'm finishing up pretty around this week and hope you guys are doing the same thing as well because it's very important to keep up about what's going keep up keeping up what's going on all right let's get into it let's get into our real report for today make sure to do it every monday and friday for our podcast shenzhen's ice and snow world a chilling example out indifference to the climate crisis. The announcements of a new of a massive new recreational facility in Shenzhen triggers thoughts about the impact such projects have on the environment. In an era where the daily news could be mistaken for the weather report because of the growing frequency of climate change calamities, one wonders how our descendants and centuries to come come will view our current behavior, especially since we are all well aware of the needs to rapidly change our lifestyles to mitigate global global warming. Parallels can be drawn to how we consider the behavior of our own ancestors. We view with abhorrence the the woeful era of slavery and the legacy um, it has wrought and wonder how our ancestors could have inflicted such sorrow and pain upon fellow humans. Likewise, likewise, ancient punishments like the guillotine appears bloodthirsties and reminds us how far we have advanced as a society. And yet today, as we stare at the existential, uh, existential threat of climate change in the face, we continue our carbon power lifestyles as, it, as if the danger it, the even exists. Somehow, if as a species, we manage to bring the warming under control, and we do indeed have descendants centuries from now, I wonder how they will affect on us. Just as we deplore the actions of, <clears throat> of our own ancestors, sure our descendants will be appalled at our ca- casual and reckless emission of carbon, despite our full knowledge that it jeopardizes our continued existence. With this backdrop, I am imagining our descendants in the distant, in the distant, um, distant future, pointing to a, a poster child example, emblematic of today's abuse of our atmosphere. Coal-fired electricity generate plant generate generating plants could be high on the list. However, real efforts are now being made to reduce their numbers, so they may not be be considered the worst examples of abuse. Rather, the real icons of our present misconduct are the foolish behaviors that we continue to engage in without any efforts to change. In other words, the indulgence 
we can enjoy come hell or high water. One of these poster child could be our pet dogs and cats, whose carnivorous nature requires us to feed them the flesh of cows, pigs, and chickens. It is now no secret that the billion, billions of these domestic livestock are one of the biggest contributors. Some estimate, say, 15% to global greenhouse ga- gas emissions. In Hong Kong, adding insult to injury, many dog owners keep their air conditioners running when went away at work to prevent their dogs, not a tropical animal, from suffering. For the record, close to three-quarters of Hong Kong's electricity generation fuel mix is still carbon-based. Another poster child, oddly enough, is the electric cars. For closure, I have one. Because EVs require large and heavy batteries, copious minerals such as lithium, cobalt, manganese, and nickel are needed. And extracting these minerals from solid rock takes great effort and energy. By estimate, 90 times more rocks are required for EV, vehicle, EV batteries than the batteries in a regular hybrid car. Bottom line, depending on the model, an average EV must tra- travel tens of thousands of kil- uh, kilometers before it has an emission advantage o- over a similarly sized petrol-powered or gas when you yank it out their powered car. Here in Hong Kong, our great transit system obviates the need for, for any car at all. How are the poster child de la resistance of our era? The one, the one, the one that our descendants may use as a uh, prototypical s- uh, symbol about decadence, decay, and total disgrace for the very air we breathe. It is now being built in Shenzhen. I speak of the ice and snow world resort, a ten hectare ski facility. Its 83-meter-high summit, about 25 stories high, leads to a 440-meter um, ski piece whose indoor air must be kept at a few degrees below zero ground. Presently, about two-thirds of Guangdong's electricity f- mix is filled by carbon. No more, n- um, need, no more need be said about the obscene facility. Unfortunately, these posters children for potential use by our distant our distant descendants as icons of environmental abuse are just three of many to choose from. Clearly we have to put these children to bed and stop giving birth to new ones. I do not agree with things like electric vehicles. I just don't think it's a good use because it's still it's still not doing even if you may say well it actually does help out with um with things like um carbon emissions but at the same time, what changed? There's nothing that's going to change anyway. I don't, even, I don't think anything is going to change if we still, if we, still, if we not using it or not, whatever it is, right? It's nothing special. It's just a lot. I feel like using electric cars are expensive enough, and I don't know what's the point of spending it. Like many good sheeps would do. Like why are we spending so much money on electric cars when you already have your own car, gas power car? I know gas power parts can be a problematic thing for some people. I I have no problem with that. But at the same time, which do we see the functionality or do we look at the um the availability and the cost that many people don't even have to buy an electric car? Again, there's plenty of ways to limit on carbon emissions. I don't know how you do it, but there is plenty of ways in just you know buying electric cars. 
that's not the that can't be the only way if if I'm if I'm wrong. Blame me if you want because I'm not against any any you know climate change or anything like that. It might it could happen, but it needs to be more I would say logical. Not against it. Please be more logical. It would be better. Alright, so missing for a month. Where is Chingan, China's foreign minister? China's foreign minister Chingan has not seen has not been seen in in public for almost a month, sparking a flurry of questions over his whereabouts. Here, what we know so far about the disappearance of one of China's most senior diplomats. First off, who is he? Qing considered a confidant of pres of Chinese leader Xi Jinping, was appointed foreign minister in December twenty twenty two. The 57-year-old spent years at the Chinese embassy in London and is fluent, is it, and is a fluent English speaker. Chin earned, earned a reputation as a wolf warrior, a nickname given to a new generation of Chinese diplomats who pushed back with often inflammatory rhetoric against Western criticism of Beijing. He said in 2020, the image of China in the West has deteriorated because the Europeans and Americans, particularly in the media, have never accepted the Chinese political system or its economic rights. Look, we accepted that, but we don't like your authoritarian regime. While serving as ambassador to the United States, Chin stepped up his visibility through public and media appearances in Washington, in which he explained the Chinese position. He kept up a busy schedule after his appointment as minister, visiting Africa, Europe, and Central Asia, as well as hosting the foreign dignitaries in Beijing. Chin has not been seen in public since June 25th, where he met with Russia's Deputy Foreign Minister, Andrei Rudenko, in Beijing. But it was his absence from the high-level ASEAN summit in Indonesia two weeks later that first raised eyebrow. China's foreign ministry said health reasons were to blame for Chen's absence, but that has, little, that has done little to stem an explosion of rumors online. Everyone is concerned about something, but cannot discuss it publicly. Hu Jin, a prominent commentator with the state tabloid Global Times, said in a post on Weibo. A balance needs to be struck between maintaining the situation and respecting the public rights to know. The foreign ministry has since deflected further questions about Chin's absence. Chin's absence has left a vacuum at the top China's foreign ministry. A visit by European Union's foreign, uh, foreign policy chief, Josep Borrell, to Beijing was abruptly called off this month. And Bloomberg reported on Friday that a visit by UK Foreign Secretary James Cleverly was postponed due to Chin's absence. Top foreign policy official Wang Yi, who outranks Chin in, a, in China's political hierarchy, has taken on some of his responsibilities in the meantime, traveling to Africa this week to attend a BRICS meeting on, on security affairs in Johannesburg. Beijing insisted, insisted Monday that China's diplomatic activities are moving forward steadily. Asked about Chen's now almost month-long absence, Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Mao Ning told journalists, I have no information to offer. But as a Foreign Ministry reaches a month without a visible boss, doubts will start to mount over how much it's business as usual. When the top dogs disappeared by the, uh, by the state, everyone in the organization freezes, tweeted Desmond Shun, a former Chinese business and political insider and author of Red Roulette. 
Who's going to sign on the dotted line of the minister? So, why? Why is that even happening anyway? We don't know who, where he is. We don't know what's going on. So, I'm hoping he stays safe. Not that I'm really sympathetic. But, but I'm very curious to know what's going on. So, this is a little, um just 10 minutes ago. So, we're going to talk about the Hong Kong 47. Ex reported questions national security judges' knowledge of legislature said primary poll was not a waste of time. Organizing an unofficial legislative primary poll was not a waste of time, despite knowing pro democracy candidates may not win a majority as they wish. Hong Kong journalist turned activist Gwyneth Ho has said during her testimony at a national security case against 47 Democrats. At the um, speaking Cantonese, Ho told the court on Monday that following Beijing's announcements up an impeding security law in late May 2020, she believed a large-scale disqualification of candidates from the pro-democracy um, camp was inevitable. It was not possible for the Democrats to win 35 uh, seats or more in the legislature, said the defendant who planned to stand in the New Territory East geographical constituencies. High Court Judge Andrew Chen asked Ho if she had told legal scholar Benny Tai, one of the organizers of the unofficial election, and a key figure in the case, that his plan to win a majority case control was a waste of time and a waste of money. Ho replied by saying she strongly disagreed with Chan's description. Very few social movements could achieve their official aims, but in the process, they could build something new and open up new spaces, the ex-reporter said. I believe that most Hong Kongers knew deep down in their hearts that fighting for democracy under the Chinese Communist Party, Chinese Communist regime, had already been a fantasy, Ho told the court. Her speech was stopped by Judge Alex Lee, who told Ho to calm down and said the court was not an indication uh, for her to make a political statement. Ho said she wanted to finish her sentence and that it was unfair that the judge did not allow her to respond after raising the question. Whether or not her her comments would be allowed depended on her um, relevance. Lee said, to which Ho interjected immediately and said the three-judge panel has a limited understanding of the Legislative Council and questioned how they could evaluate the relevance of her answers. Judge Andrew Chen responded by saying he, he has been sitting as a judge for 25 years and he knew what was relevant and what was not. Ho interjected again and said the judge did not know about the split voting system and she wanted to point out that Chen's judgment was very flawed. But my mistake, but my mistake will not be corrected by you, but to be corrected by the court of appeal. Chan said, "Who's representative Trevor Beal asked his client to explain phrases from her election manifesto, as well as pamphlets she prepared at the time. In her manifesto, Ho mentioned Ho, uh, Hong Kong could only break free from its destiny through resistance. The ex-reporter said holding a primary election was a way to contend with what she." described as an unfair electoral system and how the legislature failed to impose checks and balances on on, on the executive branch. The court asked if there was a second way to resist, to which Ho said there were countless forms of resistance during Hong Kong social movement at the time. My role in position at the time was to promote the primary election, Ho said. She had, she had after Beijing announced its move to enact a security law for Hong Kong, she shifted her focus towards encouraging a large turnout which the former reporter said could could be a way for reporters and uh, voters in Hong Kong to indicate their will 
in spite of potential disqualification of pro-democracy candidates by the authority. If Hong Kong still go to vote, that can show Hong Kong, Beijing, and the world that Hong Kong has the ability and will to, and uh, the ability and will to win 35 seats wholesale. Xi'an, what if Beijing choose to respond with disqualification? It will face a major legitimacy crisis because the whole world could see that it was not what Hong Kong was wanted. Beijing rigged the election to cover up the tensions of Hong Kongers. Ho will continue to testify on Tuesday morning. I can tell you right now, she is a tough, tough person. I can guarantee you that. Her tone, the way she speaks, man, that's tough. That's a tough lady, man. I'm pretty sure she's tougher than any pro Beijing people around. But she's just tougher than any pro Beijing men's around. And I'm not saying that just to, you know, curry favor with her. I'm just, t- I'm just saying, it's true. She's more tougher than any of those people. And then it's not saying it. It's, I'm not saying without a bad joke, of course. A tough person like her deserves to be elected. While those people who currently in the legislature right now don't deserve to be elected because they're not elected in the way where democracy is supposed to be. Man who played Glory to Hong Kong protest song without permit cites UN rights treaty in court. Hong Kong's right to perform music in public is protected by the UN treaty enshrined in the city's mini constitution. An elderly man accused of playing a popular protest song in public without a permit has argued in court. Li Jiaxing appeared before Magistrate Amy Chen at Shatin Magistrate's court on Monday, representing himself in court. Earlier in May, the 69-year-old retiree pled not guilty to four counts of playing a musical instrument without a permit and three counts of collecting money in the public place without permission. He was suspected to have played the Erhu with an amplifier without permission from the, from the police chief, chief outside Mong Kok East and Taiwan Taiwan's wise MTR stations and on a footbridge outside the Central International Financial Center. On four occasions between August 3rd, 2021 and September 29th, 2022. Additionally, Lee was accused of organizing, participating in, or providing ins- equipment for collecting collection or the collection of money in public without a permit from either the Director of Social Welfare or the Secretary for Homes and Youth Affairs on three different on three occasions outside Taiwan State MTR stations and in Central between June 24th and September 29th last year. Last year, Lee was ch- Lee was charged again after allegedly playing his arhu in public without a police permit at Tum Chum's bus terminus. He was initially cleared of the charge by Deputy Magistrate Felix Tom in August, who ruled that the prosecution had not produced sufficient evidence. Days later, Tom reversed his decision and decided that Lee has a case to answer, saying it was the defense who bare the burden of proof, not the prosecution. In court, a video of Lee playing Glory in Hong Kong outside the footbridge outside the IFC was played. He was seen being accosted by police officers, was told to stop playing, and to present a permit, which he did not have. Testifying in court on Monday, which is today, Lee said he had been to to the police headquarters in Wan on three different occasions, but none of them resulted in a successful filed application. Speaking of Mandarin, when questioned by Chen, Lee said he was turned away by an officer on on the first occasion after an officer told him she was not responsible for his application for a permit. She told him to go to another counter, but Lee said he went home after the station was closing soon.
two to three days later, he went back to the correct counter and was given several application forms, which he took home to read, the court, the court heard. He then re read that such application took 14 days to process and giving up and gave up on filing in the form. When he returned to the headquarters at the time, the same officer told, also told him that applicants had to fill in a separate form for each performance location, Lee said. He recalled saying to the officers, I've been to more than 80 different locations to do street performance in Hong Kong. Does that mean I need to f uh, fill in 80 forms and wait and wait 14 days for each one? In a fit of annoyance, he tore up the form at the counter, he said. Lee said that he gave up on, fi on filing the, in the forms, as he believed he was entitled to perform on, sh on the streets of Hong Kong under the International Covenant on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights, which forms the basis of Hong Kong's rights to engage in academic, research, uh, literary, and, and artistic creations, and other cultural activities enshrined in Article 34 of the Basic Law. The Covenant and Article 34 were both mentioned in a 2015 High Court ruling that saw the defendants acquitted of a charge of performing without a permit. The defendants successfully argued that the summary offenses ordinance stipulations that he could only conduct a performance after receiving a police permit was contravention, um, contravention of the basic law. Magistrate Chen ruled that the prosecution has presented enough evidence to build a a prima facie case against Lee. But she also told Lee that he may have a reasonable excuse regarding the three charges of collecting money in a public place without permission. The defendant said he had had with him a piece of paper that reads, no money to hire a lawyer raising funds. <laughs> he was unaware at the time that a permit was acquired for raising funds, so he changed the word to requesting assistance. For the, lat for the later performances relating to the latter's two charges, Lee said. He also said his rights to enjoy benefits relating to his performance, monetary or otherwise, were also protected under the UN Convention. Last Friday, the prosecution argued that Lee's, pl uh, Lee's playing of the pro-democracy protest song popularized in the 2019 protests was seditious. They said, they said that police would be able to prove that Lee did not have a lawful authority or a reasonable excuse as stipulated by the ordinance to perform it. But during a pre-trial review in April, Lee told the court that the song he played was not the 2019 protest anthem, but a parody of it, but a parody of it by probation lawmaker Junior Soul titled Peace to Hong Kong, which lyrics including about bringing peace to the city song over sung over the song's melody. On Monday, a police sergeant at the, um, at the Forces Cyber Crimes Unit agreed that there was a high degree of connections between glory to Hong Kong and anti-government sentiment, as well as assemblies, riot, and advocacy of Hong Kong independence. Testifying in court, the sergeant surnamed Choi also said that the effect applied not just to the lyrics, but to the melody. Choi was allowed to testify as an expert witness after Chen found no issues with his history of absence from Dewey and 25 contraventions of police regulations back in 2008. Trey said he completed two open source investigation courses provided by the police forces, cybersecurity, and, techno and technology crime bureau. He said he learned how to conduct research and patrols online on, plat on platforms including, including social media for and forums such as LinkedIn 
and also and how to use online materials as evidence to invest to investigations pertaining to rallies and assemblies. That was before he was promoted to the position of sergeant in two in two thousand twenty one. He had a view for Glory to Hong Kong showed showed up at the top search results when searching for Peace to Hong Kong, and that videos for the latter did not appear until users scrolled down to the 15th result. Ask if the melody of Glory to Hong Kong carried a risk of damaging public order, even when when used as a backing track for parodies created by pro-establishment camps. Try answer in, in the affirmative. The persecution said that other parodies also exist, including a version called Glory to Carrie Lam and Happiness to Hong Kong. Questioning Choi, Lee said, said the melody he played on the Earl who did not carry any political message. If you know music theory, you know that. You know that the seven musical term, uh, notes that did not bring in the lyrics or the meaning of any of the songs. Lee said the glory and peace both have political means, but do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti and the melody are not politicized in any way. He added, referring to the musical scale. Chan said the court will not make a decision until August 4th, which is, about, which is about next week or so, a week after the high court rules on the Hong Kong government's application to ban unlawful acts leaked to the song, uh, to the protest song. Lee's trial continued on Tuesday. I don't know what's the point anyway, because it's just a song. I mean, now it could be problematic on some certain things, but it's not the point. It's not the point where people end up causing a you know disturbance when playing that song. It just doesn't make sense, at least according to me. All right. So RTHK, <laughs> bye bye. I guess it's called. Well, yeah. Government-funded broadcasters axe Hong Kong LGBT plus radio show after 17 years. Government-funded broadcaster RTHK will suspend an LGBTQ plus radio program next month after its 17 years. The host of the program has said on its Facebook, official Facebook page, We Are Family was launched in 2006 to promote diversity and integration. According to the broadcaster's website and was the first show of its kind, it remains the city's only LGBTQ radio show. Brian Lunn, a host for the program and an advocate for LGBT rights, said that he was informed by the head of the Chinese program services in early July that We Are Family will be suspended from August, only to program rescheduling. Aired on Saturdays at midnight, the award-winning show covers topics from trans rights to the culture of drag queens and the life and stories of the LGBTQ community with special guests. In response to Hong Kong Free Press, a an RTHK spokesperson said on Monday that they did not, they did not comment on internet matters. RTHK reviews, pro, uh, reviews programming strategies from time to time to ensure providing quality programs and information for, for the public in compliance with the public purposes and missions set out at, in the charters of RTHK. Numerous fans commented on Facebook expressing disappointments over RTHK's decision. I was in the first year of secondary when the program was aired for the first time. Equal rights for the LGBT community had not been widely promoted at the time. But thanks to We Are Family, people from our, fa- people from our family started to speak up, one commentator said. Veteran broadcaster Lund said that he would, he would not host any programs in the near future. There is no, there is no need for self-deceptions. At, the t- at a time when Hong Kong saw drastic change 
Many things are just matters of time, and we are mentally prepared. Um, we have mentally prepare ourselves for what uh, what may come. In an episode broadcast on July fifth, Lone said he was invited by invited in two thousand six by RTH to rejoin the company to host a new radio to host a new show. He thought the program would only last three months. In the end, it's been airing for seventeen years. Hong Kong has plummeted in the international pr- press freedom indices since the onset of the security law. Watchdog cites the arrest of journalists, raids of newsrooms, and the closure of around 10 media outlets, including Apple Daily, Stan News, and, Sne- and Citizen News. Over 1,000 journalists have lost their jobs, while many immigrate. While many immigrate. Meanwhile, the city's government-funded broadcaster, RTHK had adopted new editorial guidelines, purchased archives, and asked news and satirical shows. In 2022, Chief Executive John Lee has said press freedom was in the pockets of Hong Kong's, and, but nobody is about the law. Lee, whose administration is mowing a fake news law and had told the press to tell a good Hong Kong story. In August 2021, RTHK started partner partner with China Media Group, the holding group for CCTV and China's national radio, to air more programs to nurture a stronger sense of patriotism amongst viewers, a move condemned by City Journalists Association as changing the city's public broadcaster into a propaganda mouthpiece. The government proposed last week that programs about national education, national identity, and the correct understanding of the security law be exempt from an impartiality clause requiring even handiness, handedness when opposing point when opposing point of views are presented. Chinese stories have targeted the LGBTQ community in recent years, with university societies and pride events discontinued. The Beijing LGBT Center, one of China's leading organizations offering support for the queer populations, announced in May that it would halt its operation. While same-sex activity, um, same-sex act- sexual activities, was legalized into in 1991, Hong Kong has no laws to protect LGBTQ community from discrimination in employment, to provision of goods and services, or from hate speech. Equal marriage remains illegal, although in 2023 surveys show that 60% of Hong Kong support. Despite repeated government f- appeals, court has granted those who married or entered or who enter civil partnerships abroad, some recognition in terms of tax, spousal visas, and public housing. As well as opposing progress towards equality court, the, the government has also also funded groups with homophobic views and those who ad, which advocate gay conversions. Now, you may judge on uh, the, uh, the United States LGBT rights or whatever the case may be, we should also look at places like Hong Kong. That's a prime example that no one talks about as much. Mother who abandoned 12-year-old son at a hospital condemned by Hong Kong leader. The police will look into whether the parents of a 12-year-old boy abandoned at a Hong Kong hospital will face legal consequences, Chief Secretary John Lee said on Sunday, and that the incident was making people feel uncomfortable. The city's leader said parents should not be should not abandon their children, as the acts could traumatize them both physically and mentally, urging the boy's parents to come back and pick him up. They added that the authorities will not tolerate any similar offense in the future.
The boy who was in healthy conditions is currently being taken care of by a, by the city's children and juvenile home, according to Lee. On Friday, the police received a report at 12.40 p.m., which is in the afternoon, <laughs> that the boy was seen wandering around an emergency room in Kong, at Kongwa's hospital wearing a dark blue polo shirt and a pair of khaki shorts. No bruises or scars were found on him, which is good. The police issued a statement on the next day urging the family and the boy to reach out. On the same night, the police announced that they had made contact with the boy's mother, listing the case uh, charge under under the charge ill treatment and or neglected by those in charge of the child. No arrests have been ma- made thus far, the police said on on Saturday. Citing sources, several local media outlets report that the mother who came to Hong Kong from the mainland said she abandoned the boy in order to provide him with a decent education. The mother reportedly instructed her son to tell nurses that he was abandoned by his mother after claiming to the hospital that the boy was was experiencing diarrhea and coughing. She then left the state and went back to the mainland, according to the local according to local media reports. After some negotiation, the mother has agreed to come back to Hong Kong, come back to Hong Kong and pick her her son up without specifying the dates, according to local media. According to the offense to the offense against. The person's ordinance, individuals who are responsible for any child under 16 and intentionally assault, mistreat, neglect, abandon, or subject to such a, or subject such a child to harmful conditions may face a potential penalty for 10 years imprisonment. So update around 2.30. This report was updated to remove a picture of, of the child shared by the police now that the mother has reportedly been identified. The update was made in accordance with Hong Kong Free Press Ethics Code, which I appreciate them for doing that, right? Well, there's something that it's not appreciated at all. Well, we're gonna we're gonna report on something else before reporting this one. And of course, it, there we go. So, eleven dead after school gym roofs collapsed in northeastern China. If I'm correct, yep, northeastern China. While waiting for this freaking computer to load. There we go. 11 people died after the roof of a school gym collapsed in northeastern Ch- in northeastern China, state, state media report, report Monday. The collapse in, Ch- uh, in Chichihar, Heilongjiang province, was caused by construction workers illegally placing perlite, a form of volcanic glass, on the, on the building roof, state news agency Xinhua said. Heavy rains then led the perlite to expand and increase in weight, causing the roof to collapse, it said. Footage aired by state broadcaster CCTV showed a roof made of made of concrete slabs according made of concrete slabs, according to state media, gave way in in its entirely. Rescue workers broke through broke through large chunks of concrete and twisted metal and bits to to reach victims. The footage show. One worker used a a pneumatic jackhammer. A total of 11 people died in the in, in the accident. State broadcast of CCTV said, "An in-depth investigation of the in, of the accident was in progress." State media has said, "With those in charge of the construction company had been placed on, in police custody." The gym at the, at the number 34 middle school collapsed just before 3 p.m. in the afternoon on Sunday. Xinhua said, "19 people were at the gym when the incident took place." Local newspaper Heilongjiang's News um, Daily said 
Four people escape and four others survive after being pulled from the rubble. The search and rescue operations, which had involved nearly 160 firefighters and 39 fire trucks, had wrapped up, CCTV said. One unnamed source told the state-owned, state-owned Chongqing News that concerns had been raised prior to the collapse over the materials being piled up on the roof. The gymnasium was built more than 20 years ago and had long fallen into disp- disrepair in many places, the sources was quite saying. Everyone was worried that something could happen with all the stuff piled up on the roof. Industrial accidents are common in China due to lax safety standards and poor enforcement. Last month, an explosion at a barbecue restaurant in northwestern China had left 31 dead and prompted official pledges of a nationwide campaign to promote workplace safety. In April, a hospital fire in Beijing killed 29 people and forced desperate survivors to jump out of windows to escape. And one of the worst such accidents took place in 2015. That was in Tianjin, where a gigantic explosion at a chemical warehouse killed at least 165 people. That's crazy, actually. It's crazy that this is, that they focus so much on you know political stuff, and they're not focusing on things like how to you know how to build safety standards for many people. To report for today, so son and daughter of one self-exile activist, Emma Yuan, questioned by Hong Kong police reports. Hong Kong's National Security Police have questioned Derek and Mimi Yuan, the son and the eldest daughter of one self-exile activist, Emma Yuan, according to local media citing sources on Monday. Mimi Yuan um, reportedly flew from Los Angeles to Hong Kong, arriving on Monday morning. She was taken away by, from somewhere else in Hong Kong Island at around 10 a.m., Singtao Daily Report. The son, Derek, is a former advisor for the pro-establishment New People's Party and a scholar of international policy based in Hong Kong. He told Singtao Daily last week that he had a brief meeting with his father and had avoided any financial exchanges. U.S.-based businessman Edmund Yuan, 74 years old, who is the father-in-law of pro-establishment legislature, Legislator Eunice Yum was said to have urged foreign countries to impose sanctions on Hong Kong officials and the, and members of the judiciary on various online platforms between July 2020 and May 2023. He was also among the activists behind a plan to form a Hong Kong parliament last year, which promoted Hong Kong's right to self-determination. Such acts amounted to subverting the state power and foreign collusion, police claim. According to the wording of the, of the security law, the legislation applies internationally to all individuals. Derek Yuan's, Derek Yuan's wife, Eunice Yum, is a member of the New People's Party and also the member of the Civil Force. As Elmer Yuan's daughter-in-law, she publicly severed her relationship with him in 2022, following the police arrest warrants. Yum said that Elmer Yuan should return to Hong Kong and surrender. Erica Yuan, the youngest daughter of Elmer Yuan, is a former politician and a businesswoman. She immigrated to Vancouver with her husband in 2021. Erica and Mimi Yuan together run the retail store Mimi Mart. The company has been listed. Hong Kong Free Press had reached out to the police and Yuan's family for for response. On July 3rd, National Security Police announced arrest warrants for eight overseas de- Democrats, accusing them of calling for sanctions against local officials and scheming for foreign countries to undermine the Hong Kong status as a financial center. 
Please name Emma Yuan, along with ex-lawmakers Ted Huey and Dennis Kwok, activists Nathan Law, Anna Kwok, Moon Siu-tak, and Finn Lau, and solicitor Karen Yam. The Democrats are now based in Australia, the U.S., and the U.K. A reward of $1 million is being offered for each of the wanted people, police said. Chief Executive John Lee and pro-establishment parties have voiced support for the warrant. At a press conference, Lee invited anyone, including the friends and family members of those who wanted to assist in their arrest. The government will exhaust all lawful means to apprehend criminals endangering national security. We will pursue them for the rest of our lives, even if they run to the end of the earth, said the chief executive. What is this, a culture revolution? Meanwhile, the activist groups and, and Western countries have decried the move. The U.S., where a number of one activists, including Kwok and Edmund Yuan, are beyond base, said the extraterritorial extra-ter- application in the Beijing enacted law was a dangerous precedent that threatens the human rights and fundamental freedoms of people all over the world. Another version incorrectly named Mimi as Yimimong. Um, we regret the error. Thank you for correcting that. And we'll, exp- and we'll explain more report after the break. Welcome back. Hong Kong pro-Beijing lawmaker says National Security Police questioned her for nearly three hours after over one relative in U- in U.S. Pro-Beijing lawmaker Eunice Yum, the daughter-in-law of the one overseas activist Emma Yuan, has said she had her home searched and later questioned by National Security Police for nearly three hours on Monday. It is the latest such action involving the locally-based families of the eight wanted self-exiled Democrats, along with the New People's Party legislator, businessman Elmer Yuan, Otto's daughter Mimi, and his, and his son Derek, Yuan's husband, were also questioned by police on Monday. I cooperate with the police and have told them everything I know. I know the police have made up their minds to seek evidence relating to the eight wanted activists, and I support the police action, Yum said on Monday afternoon at the legislature, adding that this incident has not affected my relationship with Derek Yuan so far. <laughs> Wait. U.S.-based Edmund Yuan, 74 years old, stands accused of urging foreign countries to impose sanctions on Hong Kong officials and members of the judiciary via various online platforms between July 2020 and May 2023. More than 10,000 10 national security police officers arrived at the home of Der- Derek and, and Eunice Yum with warrants earlier on Monday. As their, ch- as their children slept, the lawmaker said, police searched the home, documents and digital devices. My computers, my two computers and phones were seized by the police for investigation. But the police returned the equipment to me later. She left home while the police while the police search was ongoing and later went to the police station voluntarily to assist with the investigations. She said if I were to find out the whereabouts of Alma Yuan, I would definitely disclose it to the police. I'm innocent. So you're gonna turn in your husband's um your husband's father? As Alma Yuan's daughter in law, she public she publicly severed her relationship with him in 2022, following the police arrest warrants. Yum said that Elmer Yuan should return to Hong Kong and surrender. As a wife, I've always wanted to protect my family, my husband, and my my children. Therefore, I kept reminding Derek Yuan of not involving himself in any contacts with the people suspecting suspecting of violating the national security law or who are wanted by the police, Yum said at the legislature. 
National Security Department of the Hong Kong Police Force told Hong Kong Press that they took away one man and two women for investigations on Monday. They said the trio were suspected of assisting a fugitive and continue to engage in acts that endanger national security, and that operations are still ongoing and there may be there may be a, a, a other other law enforcement actions including arrest. The son, Derek, is a is a former advisor for the pro establishment New People's Party and a scholar and a scholar of international policy based in Hong Kong. He told Sing Tao Daily last week that he had a brief meeting with his father and has avoided any financial exchanges as he listened to his wife's advice. Now, as you meant the press, her husband was still being questioned by police. He left police headquarters at 5.30 p.m., refusing to answer questions from reporters. Emma Yuan's eldest daughter, Mimi Yuan, report, reportedly flew from Los Angeles to, uh, to Hong Kong, arriving on Monday morning. She was approached by the police by the police at around ten AM on Hong Kong Island, Sing Tao Daily's report. On July third, National Security Police announced arrest warrants for eight overseas Democrats accusing them of calling for sanctions against local officials and scheming for foreign countries to undermine Hong Kong's status as a financial center. A reward of one million dollars is being offered for each of the wanted people, police added. Last week, National Security Police took away activist Nathan Long's mother, and f- mother, father, and brother, four family members of former lawmaker De- Dennis Kwok, including his brother and also brother, and also the brother's, um, also the um, brother's sister, sister-in-law and nephew of, also the brother, sister-in-law and nephew of Mom Tak for questioning. Chief Executive John Lee and the and pro-social parties have voiced support for the wars. At a press conference, they invite anyone, including the family, friends and family members of those wanted, to assist in their arrest. The government will exhaust all lawful means to apprehend criminals endangering our security. We will pursue them for the rest of our lives, even if they run to the end of the earth, said the chief executive. Meanwhile, activist groups and Western countries have decried the move. The U.S., where a number of wanted Democrats, including the, including including Dennis Kwok and Amber Yuen, are based, said the extraterritorial applications of the Beige, of the Beijing enacted law was a was a dangerous president that threatens the the human rights and fundamental freedoms of people all over the world. I don't know what is the honestly what is the point of doing it anyway. It's a waste. And I'm saying I'm saying it not trying to, you know, Trying to play nice or whatever. People like um, the two quacks, which is basically Anna Quack and Dennis Quack. Apologize. They are based here, and there's no way that that the United States or that you know that stupid enough to bring them back. They're like, oh, okay, I'll bring them back just so that way they won't you know cause won't cause problems with them. <laughs> like that, like that's gonna go for well. And actually, the real final report for today: Hong Kong Airlines flight giveaway opens Monday. With over 20 destinations and offer, on offer, the Hong Kong Airline Flight Giveaway is set to open at 10 a.m. on Monday. With over 20 destinations available on a first come, uh, first come, first serve basis, round trip including 20 kilograms of bag of baggage, so passengers will need to pay will need to pay for taxes. 
The campaign is, is a part of the of the airport's authority's Hong Kong World of Witness promotion, and all uh, and all flights for half a million million tourists and eighty thousand re- residents are being offered to boost post pandemic tourism. The click and go promotion is available through the Hong Kong airline website. Winners of earlier phases of the of the giveaway told free press that the taxes they were asked to pay were steeper than expected. Meanwhile, a final airport express ticket giveaway will also take place at noon on Tuesday. MTR app users will save up will save up to one hundred and ten thousand dollars on journeys to or from the airport if they win one of the twenty five thousand tickets on offer. I don't know how is this going to promote anything. I don't know how it's going to be successful. I don't know how successful it will be, but we'll, but I'm gonna I'm pretty happy that they're actually finding a way to get themselves together after the you know the the fiascos of shutting down, of you know shutting down the whole entire city. And also thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our podcast. We are doing this every Monday and Friday for our podcast. And of course, next week. And good news, next week I'm getting my, I'm getting I'm renewing my driver's license. Yay! So I'm happy that it's happening. Of course. And that's it for today. And we'll talk more next time. This is Team Count, my radio signing out. Hope you guys have a great day. Take care. <laughs> On every Monday and every Friday. And host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.